All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 17 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We've got Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi here, ready to go. Uh, another late night potter. Yeah. Beebs, we'll start with you. How is basketball? You ball out again or what? I actually did. I was, uh, you know, uh, knocking some, out trips. Some nights the, the buckets don't drop, but it, today today we were there and, uh, you know, doing it on both sides of the floor. So it always feels good. It, uh, you know, but I, I'm, I'm just out there for the cardio realistically because <laughs> like most times I just cannot even find the basket. But here we are feeling great, feeling even better. I actually love these late nighters because, you know, I'm uh, still in like 16 year old Beebs form where I just stay up till 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. So I, this I, is, uh, this isn't bad. Literally yesterday, I just taped like the President's Cup for like the entire day. Got home, watched it till like four in the morning. Like just yeah. so stoked. It's uh, as I say, like I work a regular nine to five, and people will be like, "Oh, like you got to go to bed at like ten a.m., like two a.m. most nights." But uh, we live the nap life, and we uh, we thrive <laughs> at these hours. So uh, good to be here. And uh, D, um, Leafs not winning right now. You look a little distraught. How are you doing though? Otherwise, I'm all right. Just watched him squander a minute thirty five on three. But other than that, happens. Life's good. The Red Wings snapped a 12-game losing streak today. Um, this actually will tell you into what we're going to talk about. I want to say congrats for that. Yeah, no, we're uh, I, I, yeah. Actually, I played Hellebuck and DraftKings, so I wish that they wouldn't have snapped it. They could have waited one more day. Mm-hmm. My dad was texting me. I didn't even know he was at the game. He's like, "Oh, he's like 
He's like, I hope he played Zadina in DraftKings. I'm like, why would I do that? Like, yeah. I didn't. He had like three points. Though, and I'm like, well, hopefully they blow his third period lead because we want first overall pick. And I played Hellbuck in DraftKings. My dad's like, well, I'm actually at the game. So hopefully it doesn't happen. And well, uh, it didn't. So if you have Zadina great. for call ups and send downs, if you have that as a stat in your league, you're winning. Oh, yeah. That guy's just going up and down. What? Leading the league in paper transactions. Do you think, uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, know, they sent him to Grand Rapids last week or yesterday who was playing in LA. Um, do you think they flew him out there? And then no, like they like yesterday was just a paper knew. transaction. Okay, I wasn't yeah, sure. like yeah, it's just, it just didn't seem. I, I didn't see any of the paper stuff, but yeah, that's. I thought it's it was just cool. a money thing. A lot of teams. Okay. Uh, a lot of teams are doing like what's his face. Dylan uh, McIlrath did the same thing. Corey uh, Conacher just goes up and down like yeah. every single day. Yeah, um, and his uncle likes the tweet every time yeah, he gets every called single up. time. That's Corey Conacher gets called up, and I do a news post about it. It's uncle like, Pat, <laughs> like by Pat Conacher. Is it Pat? I think it's Pat. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Uncle Uncle Conacher always loves friend of the show. Pat Conacher. What's up, baby? It's so funny because I always just tweet it or like write about it and I look for it every single time. But all right, um, so Red Wings lost uh, 12 in a row, uh, one tonight. But funny stat that's been rolling around on Twitter the uh, last couple of days. Every time a coach gets fired, it was like, oh, oh. five coaches have been since fired the since the, the Wings last hilarious, won a hockey though. game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just crazy. It's just really uh, mostly hilarious because like five coaches were fired in the NHL uh, before or since the Wings last win. And, you know, the Red Wings, you know, they haven't fired their coach yet. Like Blaschel, you, Blaschel just like, knows it's coming. He's, he's like, got to be the only coach in history to ever survive 12. a 12-game losing streak. I, I just like, think Eisman... He gets it. Like, Well, it's just like... It, it, I don't know. What's the point what of bringing in... Yeah. If he's not really harming the development of the players, again, that's obviously his call. But if you don't feel like the right guy is available right now, sometimes bringing in a coaching change in the middle of the season when you know you might not get your guy to the offseason doesn't make a whole lot of sense. At this point, uh, but obviously a lot more names on the market right now. So. Yeah, and Blaschel's always been the guy. He was apparently the guy who was like good with the young guys. So I think that's kind of yeah. what they're just trying to you know, just keep, at, the, keep the repertoire. At this point, I guess if, you're, if you you know um, aren't dealing out racial slurs or punching your yeah. players in the back of the head, you're in a good you spot. might as well keep that head yeah. coach. So. I was going to say that. Or Blaschel's just, obviously doing a pretty good job. As long as you're not coach of San Jose. So he's good. Um, but uh, okay, Jim Montgomery, Dallas fired Jim Montgomery. They were very out weird of nowhere in um, in kind of what they said. It they basically said it was uh, just conduct uh, that didn't really fit with the team's values yeah. or whatever. It uh, seems like everyone knows about it and no one's saying yeah. what it was. There, well, there was uh, there was a tweet um, out of a Finnish reporter uh, who I guess linked it to like he's basically was just boozing all the time, and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Who knows how much credibility there is there? Maybe he talks to Miro Heiskanen, though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let's. There uh, was other. There was other stuff too about. Let's something. not give too much credence to a, a potential drinking problem if we don't like, know. Don't, he did know. something on the radio too. Did a radio interview where he was like very critical of his players and stuff, and um, so it could have been something related to that. They've they've kind of said no to both those things. We have no idea really. Yeah. I mean, um, what's going on? <laughs> Dallas that. Stars. Uh, I guess the the front office or head management saying bad things about the players doesn't <laughs> as a result in any sort of termination yeah. before. So that was uh, that's what a lot of people were saying. Like they're like, oh yeah, not, he uh, you know not professional conduct, eh? It's like, yeah. well, what about calling uh, your players horseshit <laughs> yeah. in front of everybody? Fucking horseshit. Yeah. So uh, whatever. But yeah, so Jim Montgomery gone in Dallas, and then Pete DeBoer. Yeah. Well, we were quick about Montgomery. Uh, is nasty on the Chicklets podcast, I think yesterday or within the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, letting on that he knew what it was, but wasn't going to say what it was. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully you'll let it out, is what we're saying. Yeah, but his the one comment he said was they asked him if they he thought he would get another job in the NHL, and he said yeah. So okay, I don't think it was so anything. It too, yeah, I don't think it was anything. Ridiculous. It might just be like go to rehab. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if, that, if that is what it was. But you know what I mean? It, it, that is good to hear, though, because you don't want it to be something that's over the top. I mean, Cocky's already getting shit on right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just weird because like they were they finally like turned things around. They're playing 
pretty good hockey and then they let him go. Well, they um, won like 10 in a row or something. Yeah. At, at one point they had, yeah, they were, they <laughs> were hot. Big uh, Pete DeBoer was also let go in San Jose last night. Um, Windsor alert. That one was strictly hockey related. They said, the, the, I mean, obviously the Sharks just aren't playing very well this year. Uh, a lot of their top guys not playing great. Worst goalie in the world. They brought in Windsor alert, Bob Bugner. Yeah, they did. Uh, they fired one Windsor alert to hire another Windsor Two alert. Boots. Wasn't he already working the bench? Yeah, he was. He yeah. was an assistant coach. He was an assistant, but they, they like... But is it an interim tag, or is it... I think they named him head Legend coach, if I'm not mistaken. Have, but, yes. um, it, yeah. The one thing that's uh, very interesting, uh, the first quote, or one of the first quotes I heard uh, from Bugner today was basically like, we're going to start using Burns differently than DeBoer had. So hopefully this new regime... Maybe just let uh, him do what he did for the last 10 years. He yeah. means he's going to play forward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's going back to forward. <laughs> going, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it's just like, so hopefully that's something that kind of gets uh, Brent Burns going. But let's just talk really quickly about what uh, we think that this can kind of uh, mean for both teams, which players we think can benefit the most uh, from these coaching changes. Obviously, it uh, sounds like Brent Burns is somebody that yes. could obviously uh, improve under Bob Buchner. And I think the one Huge in Dallas... Huge candidate right now, by the way. Brent Burns across fantasy ab- boards. Absolutely. Uh, we have people asking us, because I think it's been eight or nine games since he's gotten a point, and he's getting one or two shots a night, again, under DeBoer. Um, but we, we have people asking us all the time, you know, should I do Burns for this? And Burns is still a top five fantasy team man. Guys. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. It's the first time if I've ever had Brent it. Burns, so uh, I think I broke him. So basically the Brock curse is, a, is upon him. Yes, yeah. for sure. Uh, and then I think obviously the one player that should see a big boost in Dallas is Alexander Radulov. Uh, they seem to kind of always be at odd ends there. Um, he got benched last week, which is like, you know, he said, we're doing what's best for the team. I don't think ever benching one of your best players is best for the team. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's just me. I wouldn't uh, ever bench my, you know, arguably best player on the team. Maybe Jamie Benn will start to put up more than, uh, you know, a point every other game. I think the one Doubtful. thing, too, though, is that <laughs> Montgomery not. was like, like, I know me and you, D, hated Jim Montgomery because the motherfucker changed his lines uh, seemingly every period, every minute, Every game. Yeah, he um, and he just had a lot of guys playing heavy minutes that didn't make a lot of sense. No, so hopefully uh, we'll see something. I mean, they didn't do much in terms of changing their lines at the first practice um, or the, during their first game or at first practice today. Uh, but maybe we'll see them reunite uh, Tyler Segan, Jamie Benn. Yeah, I... Um, well, I, I, Radulov, I, I think Pavelski, as much as Radulov too, there's uh, some hope here anyway because, you know, Pavelski was being obviously, yeah, pretty underutilized uh, to this point. Um, you know, obviously a very top-heavy team in Dallas, so no guarantee that he does see any top-line minutes moving forward, but I, I think it, it's at least a little bit more hopeful of a situation than uh, when Montgomery was still there. Yeah, uh, speaking of by low, I think obviously Joe Pavelski is a guy yep. uh, that you can probably get for, for pennies. pennies at this point, um, and then maybe just kind of hope that this, the coaching change uh, changes things around. Um, Rick Bonus, the new head coach in Dallas, I know that he is known, though, uh, for being kind of a more defensive-minded coach, so we could see um, their their offensive numbers come down a little bit if they if they focus a little bit more on the defensive zone. Uh, but obviously, that's good news for Ben Bishop owners, and Ben Bishop's just been uh, spectacular already yeah, as it is. So uh, you know, it can't even really get that much better uh, for that's what Ben I was Bishop. Say they're already they're already striving absolutely um, defensively. So you know. Um, let's talk about goalies. Continue to talk about goalies here because uh, in the last couple of weeks we've we've really well no we've really seen no, a changing in the fantasy landscape in terms of uh, the netminders uh, guys that we thought that were you know uh, really good options or pretty good options uh, seemingly have kind of their value has taken a hit in recent weeks. Uh, primarily, we'll start with D's boy Matt Murray in Pittsburgh. Uh, Tristan, How's this my boy? I say D usually is the one. Oh, he the loves the, he loves the backup. He loves yeah he loves, he loves Casey DeSmith. 
Um, but no, anyways, Jason, I just yeah, he just loves Pittsburgh schools. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I had him in my top ten before the year, and you guys didn't. So I, I had memory. Awesome. Your boy. No, I had memory. I had memory at five. So. He's Biebs' boy. Yeah, he is my boy. But uh, so Tristan Jari uh, has all right now. Has uh, has seen a ton more playing time recently. Uh, I've got some numbers here for you guys. Uh, since November twenty first, Yari has started seven of eleven games. Uh, that's actually eight of twelve now because he started again tonight. Coming into Thursday, he was five two and zero with a one eighty eight goals against average and a nine thirty eight save percentage over that span. All he did tonight was post another shutout. Um, so those numbers, those numbers are going to get even better. Uh, conversely, Murray is one one and one with a four thirty three goals against average and eight twenty eight save percentage over that same time frame. Um, I don't know what you guys think about this. I don't really think that they'll ever completely go away from Murray. No. Uh, but as long as you know Jari is playing as well as he is, I think that there's no question that he'll see probably sixty uh, percent of the games moving forward. I mean, this guy, you know, nine thirty-eight coming in tonight, posting another shutout, save percentage over his last uh, eight starts is going to be over nine sixty, which is asinine. Uh, but you got to remember too, this is a guy that had just a nine fifteen save percentage in the AHL last year. So uh, we'll see how. Uh, sustainable it is for him but it also is worth noting that the penguins give up the fewest scoring chances against the entire nhl this season uh and they've been doing that with kind of uh just a ragtag group of defensemen i mean we've seen guys like john marino step up and play massive minutes play very well for them um and no Sidney crosby and uh, obviously when Sidney crosby's out of your lineup that is gonna hurt your, your 5v5 numbers but they've just continued to uh play very well defensively yeah and chances against. credit to mike sullivan too because it it's definitely looks like a change in approach or a change in uh, mm-hmm. systems because you know they're a much more low event team than what we've seen in recent years and I, I do think it's a result of uh them adapting to the injuries they've had to take on this year um and i think it's credit to guys like jared mccann uh teddy bluger zach aston and brian russ has yeah, been phenomenal brandon tanev yeah but those second third and fourth lines like not creating a ton of offense but doing a terrific job at suppressing Surviving. scoring chances Teddy yeah. bluger has just been a, re- been a revelation yeah, defensively for them this year yeah marino marcus pedersen Marino's what a great trade i mean daniel sprong still never really developed into that player that you know that goal scorer that everyone was expecting and pedersen has been a rock for them this year um jack johnson playing decent defensive Did hockey Branson who would have thought no he's gone he's gone you're yeah. right he's, <laughs> he's, in, a, he's in anaheim did man. not survive um, did he did not, not survive, survive. Yeah, but um no but we saw this last year i was gonna say like you mentioned with these boy casey smith he was just on a tear yep and then out of nowhere they let murray go and i think he went on like, it was a 10 or 11 game mm-hmm. streak and uh you know they they are committed to this this is their guy but like you said there's nothing nothing keeping them from going 60 40 at this point if it's working um, yeah to, I- to jari's favor and I didn't know about that shutout before tonight. I was still on Team Murray going in, but with that shutout, I mean, that's that changes. Yeah, three with shutouts. With no Malkin or Crosby, yeah, too. Three, three shutouts. shutouts in his last four games now, so. How do you know But, I, yeah, I think it is just a case of riding the hot hand here, um, and it remains to be seen whether Yari can keep up playing like this. Obviously, they had a lot of, uh, I guess, high hopes for Yari the, the entire time. They kept him over to Smith or mm-hmm. exposed to Smith anyway. It was kind of funny Yari though too at because the start of the season. that was it, that at the time was more of a cap situation decision. Yeah. Yari was just cheaper, and then he, but you know, they a little bit, of, but it's like a riches too. It's like a five hundred thousand dollar difference, and it's not like they couldn't they couldn't have foreseen this, right? I mean, last year or yeah, it was last year, right, when they signed DeSmith to the multi year mm-hmm. deal. So um, I don't I don't think it was necessarily like they were completely caught off guard. I it, it is a little bit strange. I don't know if they thought they could use DeSmith more as a trade chip, and I'm not. I'm still kind of convinced that that might happen before the end of the year for a team that's uh, in need of some help in goaltending, even if it's just backup goaltending, a team like the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Um, again, you know, it, it's 
it's funny like his contract i think it's about one and a half million but it, just the way teams kind of structure their teams and work around the cap it's kind of tough to take on a backup goalie that's not making the minimum these days if you're paying your starter anywhere near a pretty penny um but yeah like we've said we saw it with the smith last year with them riding the hot hand with the smith and it didn't even necessarily take the smith cooling off no, before they, they like started giving yeah 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 he was he played well um and then you know slowly started to get murray back into the fold and then murray started and to play a lot better well, yeah so right. anywhere when his performance was anywhere near or close to on par with the smith they made that switch and i, I imagine that's what will happen here uh but i do think they have uh they like yari's long-term upside a little bit more than they did uh to smith so i i think there's uh, like you guys are saying potential that he holds on to it uh maybe a little bit more firmly than to smith did last season but it's all going to come down to how well yari plays moving forward I think that this, though, as well, is a pretty uh, about as good of a time, uh, really the best time you'll ever have to buy low on somebody like Matt Murray. Yeah. Uh, you know, because even if he's only starting forty percent of the games, if you can get him on the cheap, he's still going to post really good numbers. He's struggling a little bit right now, but uh, that team is going to win a lot of hockey games moving forward. Yeah, if you and- can rock them both, you could keep that. Even if you have to go four goalies at this point, just goalies are struggling so much this year that that you almost have to justify it. I know personally, just like I'm dealing with this goalie issue right now, and uh, have Murray and and four goalies. Just you can play matchups, you can play starts. It's just like it. With with got these huge names struggling, it's kind of yeah. what you need to do, and, and there's no shame in having that extra goalie. So. Yeah, and that's how I say that if you have Yari and yeah. you're kind of set for goaltending, uh, aside from him, you could kind of maybe look at uh, selling him high to a Murray owner that's panicking a little bit more. So, um, yeah, I, it, it's an interesting situation. Um, but yeah, I, I you know obviously, um, if we're looking at the the long game here, I, I think Murray by low Yari yeah. probably a bit of a sell high right now. Uh, and I think, though, the one two, one thing I just wanted to add before we move on to uh, the next team here, uh, do you guys agree with me in saying that Mike Sullivan's got to be uh, front runner oh, for coach yeah. of the year right now? I mean, what he's done with the that just Adams, absolutely oh, sure. depleted roster. Um, so, got to be up well, there. Well, I mean, yeah, him and Bedner, because realistically the abs have just been hurt all year and are still pushing yep, up yep, there. Yep, so Bedner's been great but, as well. Uh, I would give McKinnon the coach of the year award yeah. then, <laughs> <laughs> that's if that's the angle we're taking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, yeah, you got to – I mean, you lost the best player and one of the best players in the world and his counterpart. Um, and then, like, 18 other yeah. players. And um, Malkin missed time at the start of the year. And the Tang missed time. And yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Uh, all right, let's move to Minnesota really quick now. Uh, Alex Stalock, Capocacco, Devin Dubnik are their three goalies at the moment. Not uh, Capocacco. Yeah, Capocacco Nin, yeah, sorry. Yeah, there he goes. Hey, give um, that Nin. Since Dubnik left the team for personal reasons, Stalock has started eight of the 12 games. Um, that's actually eight of 13 because Kako Nin went tonight. Yep. Um Stalock's basically played as well as you'd expect Alex Stalock to play. Uh, Kakonin, though, has been surprising. He was 2 0 1 with a 195 goals against average and a 947 save percentage in three games. Coming into tonight, I know he didn't fare very well tonight, uh, but they did get the 6 5 win over the Oilers. So he's 3 0 1 in his first four games. Um, but. The Wild, uh, the Wild were an underdog kind of that I liked coming into the season. I was a guy that was interested in De- uh, Devin Dubnik just because I thought the Wild were going to be better than people gave them credit for. And they really, at least defensively, the blue lines. Yeah, they've, you know. Exactly. And they've really played very well uh, as of late. They've been scoring actually a shitload of goals, Terrible which start. is crazy. Um, right now, they give up the second fewest scoring chances against per 60. Uh, so again, they these goalies should continue to post good numbers. Um, but Dubnik was back at practice today. Uh, what's going on with him is his wife yeah. has got some medical issue. It's a lot, and he's trying to figure out. It's similar to like, like the Craig, Craig Anderson, Anderson exactly, issue, yeah. um, except for 
one one positive. I was gonna say it does not sound not, not that there's a positive in your wife ever. No, it doesn't sound like it's cancer. Like Anderson's yeah, I have no had. idea. They haven't really said what it is. Yeah. He was back at practice today, which is better because yeah, because if it's not as Brad as it sounds, if it's not cancer, you know that he's not gonna be like Anderson where he has to leave for periods at the a whole time. time. It seems yeah. like this might just be a one time thing. But yeah, again, I mean, I really don't really know. I yeah. really have no idea. I think it's a pretty good time to buy low on Dubnik yeah. as well. Uh, it's just kind of coming back. Uh, I think they expect him to miss the rest of this week and are hopeful that he'll rejoin the team permanently next week yeah um, i mean we want to be sensitive uh obviously this is you know a serious family a personal matter absolutely. um at, at the same time it's a fantasy hockey podcast so we kind of got to look at yeah, uh the, the fantasy angle here but um yeah i mean, I mean obviously we wish nothing but the best for for dub mm-hmm. and his family and hopefully everything works out and he can get back to playing and performing well soon uh but he's gonna have some competition when he does get back in the crease either way i think well and yeah. then the one thing that we i think we alluded to in last week's podcast is the way kakin has played for them uh, i think this um you know, as long as Dubnik, uh, you know, can can remain with the team moving forward, uh, like we hope he does, I think this is an opportunity where maybe they move somebody like Alex Saylock to a goalie needy team, and then roll with Dubnik and Kakanen. Not the um, Maple Leafs. Well, no, not the Maple Leafs. Yeah, we talked about that last week. <laughs> Bit so, of a falling out there. Uh, but I think Dubnik, just the way that the that, that blue line has played very well this year, yeah, uh, as expected. And like Saylock's not take like he had a nine oh six. No, no, yeah. he's not stealing anyone's job with a nine oh six. But uh, uh, I think, it, like I said, with him coming back, I think that's a good opportunity to maybe take a look. Uh, if you are really in need of goaltending, you're still going to see a lot of starts at a Dubnik, and they're uh, yeah. they're winning I'd say more games. Like, it seems like it'd be seventy thirty even. I would imagine so. As as long as he can continue to, as long as he can play well, it was it was unfortunate kind of the timing of what happened because he had such a bad start and he started playing well and then he had to leave the team. Uh, So hopefully he can kind of pick up where he left off uh, before he left. But uh, New York, Alexander Gorgiev and Henrik Lundqvist. uh, This was another team that we liked in the podcast coming into the year, a team that could surprise some folks. Uh, And so far they absolutely have. Um, At the start of the year, it was kind of Lundqvist. Uh, carrying the load, and now it's uh, Gorgiev who's been fantastic. Um, the two have split starts since November 23rd, yeah. uh, with Gorgiev starting five of the 11, uh, but actually would make uh, his fifth start in seven games tonight. Uh, Lundqvist has played okay, but Gor- Gorgiev has a sub-200 goals against average and a 954 save percentage coming into Thursday's game. Um, to me, though, I think that this is actually a pretty good sell-high opportunity for, yeah. for Gorgiev owners uh, because as of right now, the Rangers give up the most scoring chances and high-danger chances against uh, in the NHL right now. Uh, the, the level of play he's playing at right now is going to be very difficult uh, for Gorgiev to maintain. Obviously, Lundqvist is kind of... Um, really fallen by the wayside here uh, but what do you guys make of the Rangers obviously the, the offense has been pretty good Panarin's been great for them so far uh, Zabanajad's looked good since returning but they just do not play very good defensively and I guess that's something that it's you could expect me. when your blue line consists Adam of the you know the Adam Foxes <laughs> and the Tony D'Angelo's and some more offensive minded uh, defensemen yeah I think it's just it's a young team and you know they're kind of coming in their own there um, I mean we called this 50-50 split pretty much from day one and it's quite obvious um I mean, it's a nice 50-50 split, too, to have, too, if you are in New York, because you can give a guy like Gorgiev, you know, a little bit of rest. And Lundqvist needs it as well. Um, I mean, I, th- I personally think they're playing a little bit better, as you mentioned. Great great buy high, or uh, sell, sell high, high guy. Sorry, not buy high at all. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's just, uh, you know, they're not a playoff team. I think I think we know that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – for for what goaltenders are giving us, Gorgiev has been a phenomenal surprise, and he's he's outplaying everything right now. So, uh, yeah, if you have both, it's not a bad 
tandem. But uh, yeah, they're I, definitely playing better than they, they should, I think. I'd uh, rather have Georgiev and Lundqvist. Um, at, at this point, I, I think, obviously, there's some yeah, unpa- untapped potential there where yeah. Lundqvist, at this point in his career, we kind of know yeah, uh, what he's going to give you. For the rest. Yeah, still a slightly above uh, average save percentage, but not someone who's really going to be worth uh, your while in fantasy hockey on, on a team like New York. Yep. Um, the one thing I, I guess that's worth mentioning, if you're in a league that uh, – goes by saves instead of saves percentage both of these guys obviously get an increase in value because they're going to be facing a lot of shots every night um which you know also leads to an inflated goals against average but um yeah either way you know i'm not crazy about uh having either one of these guys and if you know if you need the roster spot and you can't find someone to take on Georgiev or Lundqvist, I'm fine with dropping either. Yeah, Lundqvist posting his highest since 15-year career um, goals against average right now at 338, but also still posting a 911. So, like you said, they're going to face a lot of rubber. But uh, the one thing that's really insane is that their top goalie prospect, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Egil, Igor Shostorkin, Shostorkin, uh, I don't know, Shostorkin right. will go with. Not bad. Uh, he was their fourth uh, fourth round pick in 2014. Russian netminder came over to the uh, to North America this year, and Rangers fans are clamoring to like like that it's Igor time. Guys, ten three and three with a one ninety two goals against average and nine thirty two save percentage in his first sixteen AHL games. Oh, it's been outstanding. Oh. There's been lots of talk about the Rangers potentially calling him up and carrying three goalies. I don't really foresee that happening, but oh, no. I think uh, if you're in a deep keeper, maybe dynasty type league, that this is a guy. Um, I'd say keep worth rostering now, yeah. um, as a potential, you know, dynasty keeper because uh, he's one of the best goalie prospects in the league, and it looks that like he could potentially play himself onto the Rangers a lot earlier than people were expecting. Um, and I, it's just I thought I would bring it up because that would be uh, like that would just cloud the the Rangers goaltending situation uh, even more than you know we've already seen so far here this season. Uh, let's go to St. Louis. Jordan Bennington and Jake Allen. Uh, Bennington and Allen have been splitting starts right down the middle since November 23rd. This is these in Allen's four games. He is two one and one with a 145 goals against average, 950 save. 955 save percentage and one shutout. Uh, he's outplayed Bennington drastically as of late. Um, but I think that it's probably a welcome sight for, for the Blues brass. Uh, I think that they would probably like to limit Bennington's uh, usage as much as possible so long as Allen is playing well. I uh, have to remember that Bennington has never started more than 50 games in any season. Uh, and I think that if you kind of limit his usage and keep him fresh, uh, that'll go a long way in helping them kind of defend their championship uh, You know, when we get into April. Um yeah, I mean, I don't think it's fair to say he hasn't started 50. Like, it's a knock against him. Like, he was a rookie No, no, yeah, year. exactly. No, just like at just any point in his career. So, and we see that a lot. Like, uh, you got you got <laughs> to kind of build up that stamina. To, and especially, I think the one thing that kind of goes unnoticed or uh, and people don't really talk about is uh, how taxing it is to start, you know, every game in the postseason and win the Stanley Cup going all the way into uh, basically, like, yeah. May every other um, day you're only getting that one day rest. You well, yeah, rarely it, get more unless it's you way, sleep or unless you yeah. way more games than you know you're used to playing and playing way deeper into the season. The kind of the off season is significantly shortened. Yeah, uh, and then you're partying your ass off too. So um, I think it's I think it's really good for them that Allen's playing well, and I personally think that Allen is worth a pickup um, if you need help in net. Uh, as while he's playing well, the Blues are. Kind of, they've been able to tread water without Tarasenko. Yeah, they're playing very well still. They're uh, they're a pretty good defensive team still. They are who um, we thought they were. Yeah, so I think Allen's worth a worth a look. But I'm also not panicking if I'm a Bennington owner. Uh, I, you know, I'm willing to maybe buy low on other guys. I don't think Bennington yeah. owners are really panicking at it's this not, point. Yeah. It's not like Bennington's playing bad. No, he's he's, yeah. he's not playing bad at all. He's yeah, playing he's really playing well. Phenomenal. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Allen's playing. It's just yeah, you know, spot. You have two good goalies. 
Allen's playing spot time. You know, he's had a couple of good performances. I don't think it should be a surprise that he's playing better now that his usage is down. We've talked about that for a long time. There's a lot of goalies that uh, do a lot better in a backup role. You're just more rested. You can uh, better prepare, you know, when you're getting the nod. Uh, the thing is, you know, with Bennington, like, like I said, he's not playing bad at all. He's got 23 starts on the year. Only four of those games, uh, he's turned in a sub-900 save percentage. So he's been one of, if not the most consistent yeah. goalie in fantasy he's hockey this season. Games, yeah. Uh, yeah, his recent numbers, they look a little bad because he got lit up for four goals on 11 shots against mm-hmm. the Maple Leafs yeah, last week. Uh, you take away that start, and like I said, he's probably the best goalie in fantasy hockey to date this year. Um, Alan, like you said, I, I do think it, it, it's great and they're probably really happy about it, but I, I think they know at this point they can't really trust Alan full-time where Bennington has shown yeah. them at the exact opposite in his entire time in the NHL. So I think, uh, you know, for as well as uh, Allen's played, it, it's great. He's probably going to play a little bit more than the average backup. We talked about that being a thing even before the season, mm-hmm. if you, even if he was turning to mediocre numbers. Uh, but I don't think it changes their game plan too much. Like, I, I think Bennington is still the clear-cut number one here. Um, and he, like I said, he's still playing well. So I, I don't think uh, Allen is going to get that much work outside of, you know, back-to-backs and maybe, uh, you know, four and eight nights or yeah. so, those kind of stretches i don't i don't think it's going to be anything uh crazy out of the ordinary and it's um, not like they haven't I'm, done this test we saw with brian yeah. elliott you know <laughs> like said alan thrives when he's when he's getting less time um yeah you hit it on the nail uh if you no need to panic if you have either of these guys if you have both sit back and just enjoy the hell out of the ride yeah i i mean obviously i i think alan in most matchups is going to be worth a uh, pickup and worth spots starting when he does play i don't know if i dedicate a full-time roster spot if i'm not a bennington owner uh, i think he's a terrific handcuff for bennington um but well, uh, I, I, again it's hard to say uh, knowing some because i goalie situations as we know can get pretty drastic uh, or yeah. pretty desperate um but like if you could, for personally if i could have someone like him over someone like say jonathan quick or you know someone who's on just a terrible roster where i, I can't even trust him yeah I, I mean yeah him. it's all just really i yeah. i guess uh it, it really depends yeah it's really are, yeah, specific yeah. yeah i think it uh we'll, we'll see it kind of trend more back towards the 60 40 split than rather the 50 50 split we've seen recently yeah. too um one more before we fired over to the blue stones um Buffalo, Linus Allmark, and Carter Hutton. Hutton has not won a game since October 22nd. Um, since that time, Allmark has started 13 of their 22 games and gone 7-5-1 and one with a 271 goals against average at 916 save percentage. So still not great. Um, he has had some really good nights and some really off nights, uh, but he has so clearly taken over as their number Give one net minder. 916 as a starter all day. I don't, that's not terrible. During Hutton's nine-game losing streak, he has a 399 goals against average and 875 save percentage. Um but so far this year, the Sabres have been an above-average defensive team. Uh, and the, the way fucking Jack Eichel's going right now, uh, they, they can put the puck in the net and win enough games in front of Allmark to, to me, I think, make him a, a really solid low-end number two, high-end number three fantasy option right now. So if he's still available in your leagues, um, the Sabres have kind of fully committed to him at yeah. this point. And uh, I think that uh, he's definitely worth a look so long as the Sabres are playing, you know, half-decent hockey uh, like saw, they are right yeah. now. We saw it at the end of last year. Um, it just funneled into this year. And it's all Mark's job, but I think it's quite obvious. I mean, you just dropped the stats there alone. He started 13 in the last 21. Um, that's the starter out in Buffalo. And, uh, and, and and Buffalo's proven they're a team that, you know, they, they're a borderline playoff team this year. So uh, I, I don't mind. I don't mind rostering all Mark at all. Um, and I think it's kind of, this is, this is his team going forward. He's, he's the young goalie. He's, uh, people just missed out on the opportunity. Like they do every year to trade, uh, Carter Hutton after a six game winning streak to start the season. He always disappoints after that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, like I said, you know, if, if a starting goal is giving you a nine seventeen, that's pretty. That's a little bit better. Not than bad the off the waiver wire and starting oh, almost every oh, night. Yeah. And uh, and high high potential of not high potential, but decent potential of winning most nights, especially if they have a bad matchup. Anything else to add on uh, Linus Allmark? No, I I agree. He's worth adding, and Hutton shouldn't be touched. Or oh my god, point. Hutton looks like, burn him with fire. I, I don't know a ton ton about goaltending as a whole, but but just watching Hutton, I mean, he's not even hugging posts. It's like there's so <laughs> many holes, like. It just looks not a terrible. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously potential there. We saw what he did at the start of the season, and he was pretty good last year as well. Um, but uh, obviously, Allmark's running away with the job at this point. Uh, but I do want to point out, it's not like Allmark is, you know, playing his ass off. Like I, he's, he's slightly above goal. average at this point <laughs> yeah, uh, when it comes said, to starting yeah. goaltenders. Yeah, so uh, I think there's room for Hutton to uh, eventually get back in that crease. But I, I think it's a long way off at this point. It'd take uh, a few pretty poor performances. Um, from Allmark and, you know, the opposite from Hutton. So uh, not out of the realm of possibility, obviously. This is kind of a short-term trend we're talking about yeah. it, but doesn't look good for Carter Hutton. Looks great for Linus Allmark. Yeah, I mean, like, since he started 13 of the 22 since October 22nd, so he's been... Seven of his last nine. That's the big one for yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, they've really been starting to roll him. And people have been clamoring um, on Buffalo Twitter, like, basically, like, give Allmark more starts. And they're like, how many more starts can we <laughs> give him? Like, he started seven of nine. Like, well, yeah. he's been in start Hutton and they, they, they yeah, lose I'm, six, five in overtime. Yeah. Like, my God, yeah. Omar could have just sat there. Yeah, but I mean, I again, it, you still got to, it's a lot like the St. Louis situation where you got to look at Allmark as a, a younger goalie yeah. and Hutton as an above average backup. So you got to imagine he's still going to get used uh, yeah, more than the He doesn't get paid that above average backup yeah. money. Yeah, no kidding. 60 40, maybe. Uh, but all right, this has been the first half of the Daily Faceoff podcast brought to you by our friends at Odd Shark. And now we're going to fire it over to our other friends, the Blue Stones. Uh, well, they will play some sweet, sweet, what do you say, licks? Sweet, Licks? sweet licks. Um, yeah. And then we'll come back. You got it. After 60 seconds, we are going to talk about uh, some trendy players right now, the most added and dropped players uh, over the last 24 hours. Um give our cases as to why we like or don't really like the fact that these players are being added and whether or not we like or dislike the fact that they are being dropped. Um, and then, obviously, we get streamers to close out the show. So, enjoy the Blue Stones. We will see you back here in one minute. Starting with the gravy train. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. Fly low like a broken arrow The time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because it's Welcome back to season five, episode seventeen, 17 the one. of the Daily Face Off podcast, brought to you by Otshark. 
Uh, as always, hope you enjoy those sweet, sweet licks from the Blue Stones. Uh, check them out. Apple Music, Spotify. Spotify. Were they your highest played artist this year on Spotify? I don't want to talk about it, dude. Oh, rest in peace to Peeps' yeah, highest played artist. My highest played artist passed away on Sunday, so rest in peace, Juice World. Um, Super, yeah. So crazy that he was your highest played artist. I legit never heard of him. Man, like, I, uh, <laughs> I never even heard of him. I'm going to fully admit, I had 48 played hours in last year. That's just two straight days of the dude. And uh, yeah, so Sunday hit hard. I spent the day in the dark. It was uh, <laughs> it was bad. Like, I didn't even like... I uh, Dude, I was like... I haven't dealt with something like that before. Did he have like... Didn't like... Uh, uh, it's not the th- smartest thing, yeah. Didn't they have like just the most amount of like drugs and guns and yeah, shit? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Could make an absolute song though. But, uh, if you're gonna go 21 years old so r.i.p um, rest no, in peace honestly it's uh it's been a tough week i'm not kidding like with that i just haven't listened to music so it's good that's good but, uh, I, I legit like I, what's like his like biggest uh, song i legit have never the one that like everyone knows that like lucid dreams one. Oh, that's uh, him oh yeah. that's a sick song then, but actually. uh yeah he's got he's rest got, in peace now yeah, i like that rest peace, right. but uh blue stones were they were they were my number five, so uh, oh, there you yeah, go. they made were they, actually? They, they made the list. Uh, I listen to them all the time. I actually love them. No, they're good. So it's uh, I got, I'm bad. I got like a couple of tunes in my gym playlist, so they just reoccur because yeah. they get me fucking going. They're I don't the best. have Spotify. I wish I would have. I would have been down to it's see what I listened to the most. It's just that review. But, they're the best. That's uh, why we stop tweeting like, "Hey, what if we had a." A Spotify review of our sex life for the year. You hooked up, and then I'm like, no, that's no. And then like, <laughs> what if you had one for all the food you ate for a year? I'm like, no, we don't have that shit. That's called a bank statement. Um, so yeah, I legit. Well, before we move on, takes. I saw one like tweet. Obviously, it went viral. It was so funny. It was like this girl on my uh, this girl on my Snapchat. She posted a story about like how like she posted her top five songs, and she's like, oh, "This is too true." And then the chick's like, "Yeah, it's literally fucking data." <laughs> Obviously, it's too like, true. <laughs> too true. No shit. Yeah. Anyways, but, um, let's talk about fucking cool other numbers. Uh, yeah. So if we were in your top five podcast play, make sure you screenshot that shit and send it in. Yeah, that'd be uh, cool. Because that'll we make us one. feel good about ourselves. We, uh, we got yeah, one of those. Doesn't count. And, uh, Doesn't count. Yeah. Uh, moving on here. We're going into the yeah. second half of the show. Hope you guys enjoyed the first half. Blue Stones, Odd Shark, all that fun stuff. Yeah, all of it. Uh, we're going to talk about some trendy, trendy guys right now. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to start with the most added players. Yes, sir. And then we're going to move on to some guys that are uh, hitting the schneid. Uh, being dropped a lot right now, and we'll talk, and we'll talk about why. We'll talk about if uh, we agree with the trend or if we buck against it. Um, so, Biebs, uh, I'll... I'll I'll uh, give way to you here. We're talking about one of your boys. Uh, I'm going to be honest. If you had told me at the start of the year, we'd be dedicating even just a couple of a minutes second. to talking about this yeah. guy. I would call you a liar. But Ryan Graves, all the way up to 40% owned now. Beavis, <sighs> what do you got to say about your boy, second pair defenseman, no power play time, Ryan Graves? <laughs> Hear that? It's a gravy train coming through. Um but no, D, you're completely right. I mean, the only thing I would have imagined we would have talked about him for is just figuring out if he's related to Adam Graves or not, which uh, I don't I think. I think we did talk about that yeah, already. And that, that's, that's all I figured he would have got. He's not. But no, he's not. Um, at 40%, he is way over-owned. One thing he is dominating in top of the leagues, plus minus, a plus 23. But this is a guy who is just, uh, he's kind of overperforming. He's playing phenomenal, don't get me wrong. But it's kind not, of. It, it's, not, <laughs> it's not a uh, kind of. He's playing phenomenal, but at the same, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's not going to translate to fantasy hockey. He's a very, he's playing a very defensive game. Um, we've seen Cal McCarr go down in the last couple of days, not playing complete time. So Graves really stepped up in the last two games as well. Um, it's helping his time. He's getting under twenty minutes most games. He's you literally seventh like on their team 
seventh on their decor in terms of e- like even strength yeah. usage. Like behind Mark Barbario. Like not, when Barbario is in the lineup, he plays more than Ryan Mark Reeves. Mark Barbario is running second power play at practice. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> Ryan Ryan Graves, as he mentioned, not touching the power play. Um, this is not a guy I'd be jumping the boat for no. unless on a Sunday they're playing and you need plus. I'd be jumping so. off the boat. If I had yeah, to add, if him. you could trade him for literally anyone, yes, that's literally what I have right now. If you could trade it. him for anything, I could get on D. Um, he's got ten points in his last sixteen games. Yeah, plus eighteen, it's ridiculous. Uh, the only thing that he's really doing well is he's blocking over two shots per game. If your yeah, league counts that, uh, one plus hit per yeah. game only though, not even like crazy in that stat. He, uh, th- there's just no power play time. The usage isn't even that great. Uh, McCarr is not going to be out that long. Eric Johnson's coming back eventually. Uh, the fact that he's 40% owned is absolutely nuts. People are just losing their mind over this. Well, it's not that he's crazy. been crazy fortunate and people just see the assists and Riding that's why that they add him. Yeah. But that's why you listen to the podcast because we look at these underlying numbers and we can tell you when it's bullshit. And this is straight bullshit. He's got just 49 shots in 30 games, shooting 10.2%. That's crazy high for a blue liner. So high. 16.9 on ice shooting percentage. Oh, I think that explains why he's leading the league in plus minus. Uh, yeah, limited ice time. Not even seen well, second power play time. It's like 17 or something, isn't it? His, uh, 16.9. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 1645 average time on ice. And you need to listen to me better, Brock, because I would just like to say I had some listener feedback after last week. You jumped on me for saying March so instead of Mark Stone. I said Mark Stone. Check the tape. Oh, really? Yeah. Really, really. What did I say you said? You said I said March so. March so. But I said Mark Stone. Well, they're I literally thought you just said Mark Stone, Mark Stone, so they sound the exact same. So <laughs> I don't even feel bad. Well, you should because you were dead set. I still don't know. So you took the podcast off the rails. I'm to, sorry. Mark it's okay. Stone, Mark Show. It's okay. I just need you to apologize on air. I am and, sorry. Uh, we got right. it out of the way. Yeah, and there we are. Beebs, anything else you want to add about Ryan Diggio Please Graves? no. Please no. no. Just Other stop. Other than just, uh, <laughs> just stop it. Choo-choo. The gravy train's leaving. <laughs> Uh, uh, Brock, Alex Kalorn, you want in? Yeah, I want in on Alex Kalorn, yeah. 32% owned. Uh, I love Kalorn, Crazy. Uh, specifically on DraftKings, because he seemingly gets a point every single night. Um, this guy, legitimately, the quietest player in the NHL this year, somehow has 24 points, 9 goals, 15 assists, and 27 games. Uh, 8 points on the power play. That's where his value comes. Net front guy in the top power play unit most nights. Uh, lately been skating on the line with Steven Samkos. Uh, but even, you know, they were he was good when he was on the third line with Anthony Sorelli. Now that line is literally Sorelli, Kalorn, and Samkos. They've been fantastic. Samkos is on an absolute heater. Uh, but again, the value really comes from PP1. Uh, shooting percentage is a little bit high right now, so I don't expect him to kind of, you know, finish with 35 goals or whatever he's on pace for right now. Uh, 30 goals, I think, he's on pace for. Um, but, you know, as long as he's playing big minutes... And he's on the top power play. I think Alex Kalorn's great. Um, I actually used to hate Alex Kalorn when the Red Wings were good. Now I like him. 24 points, yeah, 27 games. used to games. run all your players over. Uh, he was just such an asshole in the playoffs. And I'm going to go the other way on Kalorn here just a little bit. Uh, I think it's got to be at least a 14-man league before I really dedicate uh, any sort of roster spot. To Kalorn, I just think he's going to fall back to that half a point per game pace soon. Um, his shot volume is right on par with what we've seen in the last few seasons. Obviously, being on the top power play is nice, but it's not the first time we've seen that happen either. Uh, and he's obviously not the most heavily featured player on that power play oh, unit. Stand in front of the net, Alex. Exactly. Hope the puck hits you. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree. He's a great depth player for them to have. He's got the ability to play up and down the lineup. The dual wing eligibility is nice, but like I said, it's got to be a deeper league for me. Uh, there's some obvious regression coming here. Shooting 16%, as you said, but also a 16.7 on ice shooting percentage. Uh, so some very obvious regression coming for Kalorin. The usage is nice. The dual wing's nice. But I think in standard 12-team leagues, he's nothing more than a streamer for me, personally. Yeah. They got uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, not Schedule next week, too, so not ideal. Um, yeah. The one thing I just wanted to point out really quick, I just went over to dailyfaceoff.com to figure out... Uh, 
Hello. what their schedule was. And uh, D wrote an article today. Malkin out on Tuesday. <laughs> it's, oh. it's Thursday. But uh, yeah. the amount of times that I write like Saturday on like a Wednesday, <laughs> I just my days are just they're so fucked. I have no clue. Yeah, um, I mean you can make an argument that it's actually the editor's job to post the titles. So. I know that's what I was thinking when you did, I didn't mm. even know you wrote that. So I mean kudos to you for writing something that I didn't know about. But then uh, you wrote Tuesday, uh, and then in the maybe article, he will be out on Tuesday. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? D was eating tacos today, and he just thought it was Taco Tuesday. Yeah, uh, I know. Instead of Thursday, Nobody I just had to tell Brock to, he was uh, wrong about March or so, and he just had to go digging yeah, the next available anything. opportunity. <laughs> Really just let, doesn't even let me have my take I'm on going Lorne. to just sorry. <laughs> I'm going to change it right now. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. Yeah, now get on word. No, change, change, change uh, right but uh, yeah, um, all I gotta say about Clorn is just um, you know uh, this is a team that we we've, we've seen almost just just about everyone kind of underperform so far this year, and Clorn's been someone who's, who has played at this level. So um, as uh, the players around him rise, as we expect, um, you know it, it, we could see Clorn. Also, you know, only help those numbers. But at the same time, I'm with D there. I'm just plugging them in. I'm not necessarily running for him on my roster, but I do love a guy on PP1. Yeah, I mean, on that power play one, I think he's worth rostering uh, in in the short term for sure. Uh, I'll take him. I'd much rather have him over Ryan Graves. But I think I'd rather have this next guy (laughs) a little bit more. Uh, Anthony Duclair, 39%. The boy. Uh, We've talked about this guy, I think, on 17 straight podcasts, and this is episode 17. So, uh, Duclair's own percentage finally starting to creep up, but it literally took him to score five goals in three games. Uh, that shouldn't have happened. You guys should have been listening to us. He should have already been on your roster. Center's yep. uh, offense has been solid all season. Duclair has been excellent, though. Uh, what stands out, obviously, is his shot volume. Uh, this is a player who had a career high of 132 shots coming into the season. Uh, he's already at 101. That is uh, a 259 per 82 game pace. That volume, um, I think should uh you know that sorry that volume should easily allow him to score uh minimum 20 goals if he can maintain that through the remainder of the season which would give him like what 35 31. goals 31 yeah. goals in the yeah. season or there uh, 35 no, right? sorry. 35 yeah, yeah 15 right was on which is just crazy 39 the other night um i tweeted it out just saying like, mm-hmm. this guy's on a contract here well the one thing though i think though so here's what i kind of gather is a it took him really long time uh for people to kind of come around and finally pick him up um no the one, one thing that we a senator. well, and the one thing that we look at a lot is sustainability. And to me, there's not really any glaring red flags no. here. Uh, this looks very sustainable, and I think that people are like, "Oh, it's just Anthony Duclair, the Senators, their shit," and they'll drop him. I think that you could trade like maybe your worst player for for Anthony Duclair, and he can be your bottom of the roster guy, and he's really a potential thirty goal scorer. I mean, like and twenty like, goals not, through not the remainder of the season, like yeah. he might be, I don't know, top. 25 in the, in goals yeah, talk at about in how hard goals remainder of the season like by. I mean this is it's if you could trade anyone who's putting up uh you know like you know, not that it's a person but someone who has numbers yeah. like Philip Deneau or there or even you know Mitch Marner's a guy not I'm not saying do that trade but someone who puts up stats like him where for every goal he's getting five assists you make that deal for someone like Declare who's gonna score I'm not saying trade Marner but I mean <laughs> a guy it, hey, you almost got kicked off the podcast no. Yeah, trade Marner for Duclair. <laughs> but yeah, just someone who puts up a goal for every every four assists, five assists. That's someone I don't mind moving for someone like Duclair who's going to put yeah. up a 30 and 30 year yeah. for me. I, I've been riding Duclair for a few weeks now. I, I've had him rostered in one of my leagues for a few weeks. Wasn't able to get him in the other one. Um, but yeah, 21st in the entire NHL in shots on goal right now. So I, definitely entirely possible that he finished his top 25 in goals as well. I'm um, saying top 25 like rest of the season even too though. Like, that, that's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah like, he's 20. He could be top yeah. fucking 10 in goals i agree i'm just saying he's 21st in shots so it's incredible yeah it's more than sustainable if you ask me he's doing all this while playing just 16 34 a night 
Uh, there's a lot of uh, opportunity for that ice time to rise. He's back down on the third line right now. They continue to juggle. It, obviously nothing uh, to do with his play. It's more of just an effort to uh, balance out the lineup a little bit. But when he was on the top line with Pajot and Kachuk, he was flirting with around 20 minutes a game. Uh, so if he can get back around uh, that ice time, that, that minutes, uh, like I really, really think the sky's the limit for Duclair this year. 14.9 shooting percentage rate line with his career mark of 13.4%. Uh, like you said, Brock, no under- or no red flags in the underlying numbers. 10.9 on ice. Uh, ice time should continue to climb. Like I said, 21st in shots. Uh, just a lot to love here with Declare so far. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's nice to see him finally get something uh, close to you know top line minutes and uh, a full run and a, a full look. And you know, on a, a team that's done a lot better at even strength this season than we've expected in the Ottawa Senators. So I, I think uh, at this point, there's no reason to think that Declare can't keep this up. Yep. Just keep an eye out on the underlying numbers. Make the, sure the uh, shots stay there, but. The one thing that's crazy, sort of beeps, yeah. uh, is that like they actually have a decent amount of talent on the top power play unit too. With with Kachuk, who's been sensational this year, Thomas Shabbat's been a little bit uh, underimpressive. But if they can kind of figure out that power play, um, those numbers are just going to continue exactly to be inflated. What I was say. That's all. That's all. They're thirty first. They're thirty first in power yeah. play right now, nine point eight percent. If they two. can bump that up a bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, and score a couple more power play goals, and he starts finding some more power play production. That's why uh, I think it's so sustainable. Because yeah. even if he does, you know, backtrack a tiny bit in regular time, he's gonna up it there. Like even the Detroit Red Wings, yeah. right here, <laughs> have a, a better power play uh, at sixteen point two percent. So if the Red yeah, Wings can do it, the, uh, the Senators, the Senators, with the amount of talent, uh, you know, that they have. The ability to put on the ice with five guys, uh, they should be able to be above 9.8%. And we have seen them kind of turn a corner uh, recently. So that'll just be another thing that kind of boosts his value. And, like, there's a real... Um, there's a real 40 goal chance here, which is just absolutely fucking crazy. Uh, when you know we're talking about a guy who's what 39 percent owned. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the ceiling for sure. If everything breaks his way, yeah. yeah, that's what's still crazy. This guy's only 23 still. It's amazing. Uh, all these guys just suddenly starting to be added, and uh, we've talked about them week in and week out. It seems like uh, y'all should have been listening, or you know, they probably um, were. You the know, next maybe most of you guys have, and the people about. that aren't listening to the podcast <laughs> are fig- figuring it out. But Alex Tuck, uh, I think, again, uh, he's probably been mentioned on each Never of the last five him. episodes. The 29- Alex Tuck podcast brought to you by Daily Face. Yes. Um, uh, 29% owned right now. Alex <laughs> Tuck, four goals, four assists, eight points in his last six games. Uh, obviously shooting 23.5% over that span. Not entirely sustainable, but heating up. Um, again, though, still buried on the third line, but he's still chipping in a lot of production, seeing a lot of power play time as well. So Alex Tuck really starting to heat up. Own percentage is finally starting to creep uh, creep back. Yeah, and, I, he's obviously an ad for me. I, I He's proven to be a viable fantasy asset and playing in a limited, uh, limited role. Sorry, he's uh, like he's in right now. We saw him do that last season, put up somewhere uh, around a 25-25 season um, while playing third line minutes. Uh, and, yeah, we, we talked – Again, so many times about all the upside here. Should he ever get the ice time? So he makes a lot of sense at the bottom of your roster guy. He's productive enough in the short term, but has the potential to go off should he ever creep into that top six, whether it be an injury, whether it be they move Riley Smith down, uh, try Tuck uh, more extensively on the left side, uh, what have you. It's obviously a, a very the middle. Yeah. it's a very crowded top six when it comes to the wing, but I think Gallant's going to get desperate sooner than later just with the difficulty they've had with the puck going in the net. They've created scoring chances as, uh, as much and as well as they ever had. Uh, haven't had the puck luck. Uh, which bodes well for Tuck, I think, because you know, general or 
you wait long enough, the coach is going to have to uh, try something different. So I, I think Tuck is the first one to move up. Uh, but like I said, even if he stays in the bottom six, he's uh, productive enough to warrant a full-time roster spot. So great guy to go after for the bottom of your roster. I was going to say, just like a, any university professor, I'm going to repeat exactly what he said because it's important. Like he said, um, <laughs> you know, if he's in that bottom six and he's good enough to be there. So it, it, it can only get better. Um, and which that, that thought in itself is uh, is pretty phenomenal for a guy. There's very limited players that can play in a in a bottom six role, and uh, you want a roster with with potential like that. And and Tuck's one. We've loved him. There's a reason. But um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I am trying to roster this guy at any time if I can. Yeah, I mean sooner Absolutely. sooner or later he's going to be a top 100 fantasy player. Yep. Uh, might be this year. Might be next year. Might be a, a couple years from now when just the roster spot so opens up. Maybe it's not in so Vegas, much. but yeah, the potential is there. The upside's there. And like I said, he's productive enough as is, so should definitely be owned. Uh, he's just a, a great asset to have in fantasy right now. Someone, too, it's kind of a scary thought. Um, he started the season injured, so he started a little slow. Um, and as we saw, big time we saw with his numbers, yeah, so this is a guy where uh, you get know, two he, he might not even quite be at where he's supposed to be at. I mean, he probably is by this point. But He uh, had two points in his first yeah. 10 games, and he's got – or no – I think he had yeah, two points in his yeah, first 10 games, and he's got eight in his last six. Yeah, uh, Neil Pionk, last guy, Biebs, you talked about him a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, can't remember. He's up to 54% on. He's the uh, quarterback on the number one power play yep. over Josh Morrissey right now. Uh, number one power play that's been uh, that's just loaded with talent. I mean, we're talking Mark Scheifele, uh, Patrick Laine, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler. Blake, Blake Wheeler. Wheeler. Uh, they've been great. He's got Turn five points in his last seven games. Two of which, or sorry, four of which came on that power play. Uh, he also gave the Red Wings two goals tonight uh, off his shin pad. So, I mean, if those counted, uh, he'd be up to uh, three goals in his last eight games. But uh, those don't. So, uh, Connor Hellbuck, not very happy about that. But, Neil, uh, I think obviously a lot of defensemen have had a really tough time this year. Uh, I think that Neil Pionk is a viable candidate so long as he is quarterbacking the top power play in. Winnipeg. Yeah, Lubbock's uh, gotta hate Detroit. Hey, after the other night comes in for one shot, one goal against, and then loses tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah, tough. That was rough. I yeah, I think Pionk's definitely worth picking up if you need help on the back end. Uh, no red flags in his underlying numbers. Playing over twenty three minutes a night, and like you said, Brock on that first power play unit in Winnipeg, which is obviously a great place to be. Shot volume pretty good too, up over two shots a game. Yeah, Nothing 70. to scoff at for a blue liner. Uh, and an impressive 52.3 Corsi 4 percentage, uh, despite that heavy usage, uh, on a team that's traditionally kind of struggled at 5v5. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely grabbing Pionk if he's available, and I, you know, don't, I'm, I'm not already set on the blue line. I've been pumping Pionk all year, and there's a reason. Pumping um, Pionk. He's kind of, he, he shows that offensive side. He's like our boy Tony D out in New York, where, um, might not, might not dominate the defensive side of the puck, but he is going to put up numbers. We yeah, by him. an effective yeah. uh, puck carry in the sense that he's great at getting out of his own zone and, you and watch it's reflective in his is, possession it's numbers. Very, it's very obvious yeah. know, that he is he is that power play quarterback, and um, and it wasn't set in stone that Josh Morrissey could hold that role down. Yeah, so, and right, I, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, I think probably an underrated piece of the Truba trade at this yeah. point too. So they yeah. were talking about it on the broadcast tonight, saying he was by far the biggest addition that they made this this offseason. He's been. Especially Sell it for with, them with all the just guys they've lost and just like how brutal their blue line looks. Yeah, someone needed to step up. So. Tucker Pullman. Pionk. Um, let's talk about some guys that have been dropped now. Uh, we'll start with David Krejci in Boston. Uh, I think we can kind of roll through this pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Patrice Bergeron being back, he's back on the second line. He's no longer with Marshawn and Pasternak. I think he still holds a little bit of value, uh, but in certain leagues, I, I, I think it makes sense that he'd be one of the most dropped players in the NHL. Yeah, in standard 12-team leagues, I'm, I'm dropping him. I, I think Strict age center. seems to really be becoming a factor here. His 5v5 numbers have taken a nosedive this season. Him and Nebraska are being grossly outshot at even strength. 
uh, and outchanced. Debrusque has been extremely disappointing. Yeah. He was one of the guys that was just missed the list. That well, look guys what he's we playing with, about. right? I mean, yeah, right. So, uh, I it's I like I said, I think they're both probably got a little bit uh, share of the blame here. Uh, but Krejci not on that first power play unit, a 15.4 shooting percentage, 15.9 on ice shooting percentage suggests he's been very fortunate even to this point. Uh, so I think there's some heavy regression coming. It's not getting any better anytime soon. Uh, and that straight center eligibility is just brutal. So uh, he's a drop for me in standard leagues. I don't want to be the one to tell you, sir, before you go beeps, uh, Jake DeBrusque and Brett Ritchie are not David Pashanak and Brett Marshall. I don't know if you guys knew that. Well, this is true, Brett but David Krejci is also not Patrice Bergeron at this point in his Bingo career. fucking was his name Oh, There you yeah. go. Also, yeah, you, you guys got there. obviously saw the Ritchie quote. Uh, yeah, I don't care if we go eighty and three. Yeah, yeah. which is an eighty-two game season. I don't care if you know whatever. We were never going to go eighty and three or whatever it was. Like you dumbass. What? The way, to, way so, to give us a good. Uh, you're just so dumb. In his defense, show. just played a full game of hockey. Probably a little bit lightheaded. Never had to excel in school as a youngster. You're right. Only had to spell his name. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Krejci. Poor mean, guy. I'm, I'm I'm certainly not rushing to throw him off my roster if I have to. He's strict uh, center. He's terrible. I mean, yeah, there is that, but he's still he, he's put up the numbers. He had a 70-point season last year. He's got 21 and 26 this year. He's oh. not playing that terrible. But as you mentioned, a lot of that inflated with who he was with. Yeah, the um, the, the real concern for me is just the, the exactly. 5v5 numbers, the possession numbers. They were always there before, and now they're just not. And, yeah, um, like you said, the age and the speed is there. You can do the eye test. On and if you're not on PP1 in Boston... PP2 is completely useless. Oh, they they fucking touched. put PP1 yeah. out there and it's like, y'all are just staying yeah. out there. Yeah. I'm like, Pasternak refuses to leave the ice in the power play. It's like Ovechkin. Forward. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to use him, though, as a, as a spot start here and there because, you know, he, he oh, is going to yeah. put up the points. Um, and who knows if Bergeron ends up getting yeah, hurt again. Like, he's been doing it for a 12-team league. Yeah, stream, center. Uh, streamer status for sure if the schedule lines up. Uh, but I'm just not dedicating a full-time roster spot. It's getting tough at this point. Joel Armia, one of the guys I actually talked about last week. Just Joel. Just Joel. Whatever. I think it's Joel. Is it Joel? It's like a Marcia So Stone thing here. Um, well, not really. No, not quite. Um, Armia, <laughs> Thanks, seven points in his last 14 games, five goals, two assists. But reason I loved him and mentioned him as a pickup last week, shot volume was absolutely absurd still. In his last 14 games, he has 60 shots. That's 4.3 shots per game. It's fucking asinine. So uh, I think the Where one is he thing- finding these shots? Oh, dude, this guy just firing. Exact same question. They firing. gotta be from the outside or something. Only 8.3 shooting percentage there, uh, which isn't obviously uh, very good and something that could uh, bounce back a little bit. I think the one thing that really does affect him right now, though, is this uh, Barry Cockney being out of the lineup. Yeah. Um, normally, the guy he plays with, they've played very well together. Uh, you know, they play on the third line, but I, I, I think that I'd still roster. Uh, Armia kind of at the bottom of my roster right now so long as he's shooting you know four and a half times a game right now I wouldn't be rushing to drop I mean yeah. him one of the most dropped players is crazy because his own percentage wasn't that high so people are really giving up on him uh, just one goal one assist in his last five games but uh, the shot volume is still just incredible I mean over four Game, yeah, and I, I feel better about him being on the second line with Domi than on the third line with Cock and Yemi, oh, yeah. just from a usage standpoint. Um, is, I think it's a lot like the Tuck situation here, um, where it's just a guy who, you know, little, give him a little bit more time, you can roster him, and, and, and I think it's only going to get better when he moves up, and like D said, he's moved up to the second line. I just think, like, on a, on a week-to-week basis, like, if, like, Montreal, like, next week, like, let me just pull it up here. Okay, yeah, they've got three games next week. He's not great. Tuesday, went, or Tuesday. Thursday, Saturday, obviously uh, far from ideal West Coast trip. But uh, in, in weeks where they play, you know, four games or whatever, or have a favorable schedule, guy that's shooting the puck that much, I mean, the puck's going to go in a couple times. He's a guy that could legit just pop five for you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Problem. I think the shot volume is just too good to ignore. Um, seen a lot of power play time. Playing over 17 minutes a night 
Um, so I, the assists, they're going to continue to be underwhelming, so you need to take that into consideration. got to take your league's rules into consideration, your league's scoring. Uh, but he should be a consistent source of goals uh, so long as his usage doesn't waver. I think he'll be around 25, maybe even flirt with 30 by the end of the year, uh, just based off that shot volume alone. So, uh, yeah, I think a, a solid underrated play, and um, not terribly surprising to see uh, yeah. people have uh, short or small patience if with him. You, if but. you're in a 10-team league, I'm not rostering him, and, and you got to think not every league's super deep. So No, for sure. It makes um, sense that he is getting a, a couple This one kind of surprised me. We'll stick with uh, Montreal right yeah, now. This is Phil Deneau... Honestly, like he has, I don't really love Phil to know, uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective, because I never really thought he'd be a big point producer. Motherfucker's on fire. I know. Like, How is he getting dropped? He hasn't. Yeah, he literally has an assist in five straight though. games, uh, and then in this, since uh, the middle of November, he has 15 points in his last 15 games, two goals, 13 schedule. assists. Um, I mean, the shot volume is the complete opposite of Yoel Arbia's. Uh, 20 shots in his last 15 games. But the assist totals are fantastic, and that line dominates night in, night out. What do you guys got to say? About yeah, I, I love to know. I think he's an outstanding two-way player. I think uh, his line is the most underrated line in the NHL uh, with Gallagher and Tatar. Uh, but his fantasy value comes down to the kind of league you're in to me. Uh, Deneau proved last year to be an elite playmaker. He racked up 41 assists. The problem for me really is the straight center eligibility. Uh, if you have a utility slot or two, then I think Deneau is probably worth hanging on to. But otherwise, you're going to find it really hard to get him into your lineup on most nights. And I think that's probably why we're seeing his own percentage taking a dip. Uh, his 13.2 on-ice shooting percentage suggests the assists are likely to take a bit of a hit too. Uh, but like we said, still more than capable of keeping up around a half an assist or an assist every other game. Um, so you, you kind of got to weigh this all. Uh, and again, consider your league scoring, uh, yeah. your league rules, the positions, your eligibilities you're working with. Uh, he doesn't see a ton of power play time. It's really inconsistent is what I would say. Um, some nights he's on the first power play unit. Some nights he's not seeing power play time at all. Um, so it's, you don't love it for a guy with straight center, like I said. Uh, and again, if you're in a league that rewards goals more than assists, you're probably going to want to look elsewhere. Uh, so it just all comes down to the type of league you're in. But I love him, love him, love him as a hockey player. I think he's an outstanding oh, player and extremely he's underrated. He's starter. He's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've been doing it for weeks in for one sure. of our leagues there. Um, this guy is on pace for six to four points this year. We talk a lot about, you know, 55 and up. You're going to at least keep an eye on him. So definitely keep an eye here. I think this is a poor man's David Krejci, if not uh, now David Krejci. So as we mentioned, pretty much everything we said about Krejci, I had put towards the no here. Um, and Krejci's on a better team. So uh, yeah. that yeah. shot volume is terrible, though. Like, come on, Phil. No, yeah. But, like, but, man, I mean, when you're playing vision. when you're playing with Brendan Gallagher, you're deferring to Gallagher all and the time. And Tatar, too. Tatar's shooting a lot now, too. Tatar's shot volume is, is way higher than but it normally is. Uh, my favorite spot start, though. Let me just say it. Across yeah, no, to know it's just it's wild. Um, like, that, the, the point production has just really never been there. So much ice time. But well, you had 40, 41 assists last year, though. Yeah. yeah. But Gallagher and Tatar have just been great. Like, that line's just so dominant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so much ice time. It's just so broken. I don't understand it. Both sides, it's all it's and fun to watch. More often than not, they're playing against the opposing team's top line. They do it every home game, and obviously, there's a lot of uh, away games where they're going to be uh, teams are going to opt to use their uh, best shutdown line against them. Um, so yeah, they're turning out just that we're going on a year and a half now of them being one of the best 5v5 lines in hockey. Well, taking on some of the stiffest competition so really really impressive and uh like i said really underrated overlooked line uh i just think the fantasy value comes down to the type of league you're in well and the other thing though too is uh while we talked about cockney emmy being out since cockney emmy's been out he has seen uh, a huge bump in in power play usage so um even if you're not going to keep him uh for the rest of the year i think he makes a little bit more sense to own right now while cockney emmy's is out and he's actually seeing power play time for sure um Again, uh, most drop doesn't make a whole lot of sense here, but I, you know, there's obviously 
uh, reasons behind it. Uh, and then, okay, Beebs, we'll go to you on this one really quick. Uh, Andre Burkowski and Jonas Donskoy. Um, you're a resident Avs fan, but I think that this one's pretty obvious to everybody. Uh, they're just not playing with Nathan McKinnon That's anymore. Uh, Avs are healthy. Kadri um, is just not Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, Avs are healthy. Um, they, they're off power play one, which is just massive. Um, literally, what I'm going to say about either guy, you can, you can literally apply to both players here. Shot values, very close. Um, gold totals, very close. Assist totals. Both playing from we talked about Jonas Donskoy last week, and he's not going to continue to shoot 20%. I think people are starting to see that. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, I'm not denying riding him at the moment. I don't mind rostering him. They are. He is still putting out the points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it, it's gonna it's gonna end at some point. But um, personally, I think if you're choosing between the two, I'd rather have Donskoy at the moment. Just what he's doing. Um, he does have the likelier chance if they do switch out Landis Cog, move him back. That's the thing. Is Bender hasn't quite committed to these lines yet, which is where you might not want to rush to it, but at the same time, you don't want to sit there and wait on a guy who's not touching first power play or not playing with Nathan McKinnon and Randall. And I think that. he's also the first guy that could get bumped up to the first power play. Unit. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I like my name is Jonas um, a lot more than I like Berkowski. At this moment, though, I'm saying potentially roster uh, Don Scully and 12-team leagues at the back of, your, back of your roster for now. Just strictly off that point production, you can. Um, but Berkowski, I don't necessarily want much of right now. Um do you have anything else to add? I was just trying to, I'm quickly trying to pull up. Okay, so uh, I, I, Jonas Donskoy. Okay, go ahead. I was just trying, I was trying to figure out their, I was trying to figure out their numbers uh, together with that McKinnon. But yeah, yeah. I, both these guys have been extremely fortunate at 5v5 this season. Pull it up with Kadri. You'll see, just look at yeah, how much worse it is. Yeah, it's not. It's um, not yeah, they've both been extremely fortunate. Like I said, there's regression coming for both of them, uh, even more so now that that top line is fully healthy. Uh, I've said it all along. I'm ditching these guys as soon as Colorado gets healthy, uh, and I'm doubling down on that now. Uh, that being said, their superficial stats look so good. You might want to try pawning them off on someone else before just straight dropping them. Yeah, that's uh, I, I think you can at least trade, dogs. especially if you're pairing them uh, with maybe uh, a sexier name. Then you, you throw in a guy, throw in a couple guys like that. That yeah, got bro, the... I'm giving you a point per game. Would you rather? Exactly. Ha- would you rather have Eunice Donskoy or Anthony Duclair moving forward? Duclair. Duclair. That's what I mean. Like we were just talking about how Absolutely. easy it would be to get usage. Duclair. Yeah, I'd yeah. be I'd be firing off Eunice for, and for I Duclair. I think a lot of people right would accept that. I think right so too. Away. Yeah. I think so um, as well. Myself included, but just strictly because I want to have. Um, <laughs> um, that's what I say. Trading to Beebs. Yeah. That's uh, if like I don't have either of these, no, but I collect abs. I'm in a league with Beebs. If I had them, I would definitely be talking to Beebs before yeah. I dropped. I have five of them right now. Don scores expected goals for with McKinnon two point six three without McKinnon one point seven four. That's all you need to say. Um, all right, really quick, D, uh, you write this article every week, so I know you've got uh, a lot of weekend streamers in front of you. Um, so let's just go off uh, and rattle some off here for the people. And Beebs, I know you've got yeah. a couple. I've got zero this couple week. I, did, I ran out of time. Beebs, Beebs you yeah. might as well start while D pulls say, his yeah. up. Uh, D, if that's cool with you. I got uh, our boy Dustin Brown. We've talked about him on previous shows. 36% owned. He just always makes a nice uh, a spot start here and there. Seven goals, ten assists. The reason I'm targeting Brown this weekend, though, is just the schedule. Saturday, Sunday games. We don't love Friday, that. Saturday? Uh, Friday, Sunday? Sorry. Uh, Saturday, Sunday. No. Oh, it no, is Saturday, yeah, Sunday. There's only one perfect schedule this week. It's Vegas. Um, oh, okay. With the, with the Friday, Sunday. Perfect weekend schedule. Sorry, perfect weekend. Yeah. Um, oh, perfect schedule would be great. But, there was um, no perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah. It'd be, yeah it'd be Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Friday, Wednesday, Sunday. Friday. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. So, for Dustin Brown, best part, Brock, they are playing your wings on the back-to-back, who are also on a back-to-back on Sunday. Um, so, the wings are just going to be ass. At that point, the Red Wings are going to yeah. be on a two-game winning streak, though. Um, so. They might, but um, then they're going to run into my boy, Dustin Brown. I just, I really like what he's doing there against an absolutely terrible team. Anytime you can attack the wings, you attack the shit out of the wings. Um, power play one, line one. It's an easy call. If you can spot start this guy, I think you, you want to. Or 
look at Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, I was going to say, Tyler like Toffoli is another one I think yeah. worth taking a look at. He's starting to heat up a little yeah. bit, uh, has had a really tough season. But, but it's no joke. Attack the wings. They're giving up five, six goals a night. I know thing, we didn't see that tonight, but literally the last 12 games, they've given up at least four goals. It's ridiculous. The it's other thing that's crazy easy. about that back-to-back is the wings are actually in Montreal on Saturday and at home on Sunday. So that's not a really that's a a really tough travel. I'm not sure. They're probably in the afternoon on Saturday. I don't know for sure. That's Uh, terrible. Yeah, you said Vegas, the only ones playing Friday, Sunday, so they're obviously the best team to target. The problem is... Um, Who the hell do you grab? Yeah, Alex Tuck obviously would be our top recommendation if he is available. After that, you could look at a guy like Sassny. Uh, he's playing on the third line right now, but again, you're, you're going to get two games out of him, so you have to uh, kind of take that into consideration. Uh, ov- there's always a chance Stassny jumps back up to the second line as well. Um, Chandler Stevenson, probably available in 100% of leagues, but he's yeah. playing second line center between Stone and Pacioretty. He picked up an assist the other night. I think he's got two goals in like three games. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, not the best player, but he's in a great situation. Uh, Stassi, like I said, you don't love that he's on the third line right now, but still seems a power play time. Uh, and then the Jets, um, the Jets are the only team playing Sunday, I believe, that doesn't play Saturday and the night before. So, um, that makes them a... They got uh, the Flyers on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it makes them a decent team to target. Again, with the Jets being so top-heavy, there's not a lot of great streaming options out there generally. Um, Really, the only member of the top six that would be widely available would be Jack Roslovich. Um, It was a lot of Matt Perot on that line tonight. Oh, they're going back and forth, yeah. They kind of swap. Yeah, so uh, I think either either of those guys would be a a decent grab. Uh, Obviously, Pionk, if he's there, he's available in about half of leagues. Uh, He's probably... Normally, we talk about forwards over defensemen because just like the upside with streamers but I, I think Pionk would probably be the top grab there um that's just the issue with the Jets like I said um they're a very top heavy team so you're not going to find a lot of uh quality replacements on the wire um if you're looking at Sunday too uh the Minnesota Wild they got they're in Chicago who have been giving up goals and bunches as of late um most of Minnesota's roster is widely available Ryan Donato's uh one of the names that comes to mind right away he's playing between Parise and Fiala right now who are probably both widely available as well uh but Donato's playing very well as of late. Parise is a guy I talked to about last week. I like both of them uh, yeah. right now. And then now. Uh, Philly will be playing Sunday too, like I said, against the Jets. So you don't love that they're on the tail end of the back-to-back. Yeah, James but... Van Riemsdyk might be moving up with Konechny yeah. out. They've, they've kind of been uh, reluctant. Uh, I you know, I would never mention Tyler Pitlick as a pickup, but <laughs> I think Van Riemsdyk's a guy I still see in power play one time. Still Talks shooting really a lot, even despite the, uh, yeah, the ice time. Finally moving up a little bit. Morgan so. Foss still seeing uh, a Morgan lot of Foss. ice time. They're playing well together at 5v5. Puck's not bouncing their way, so his numbers don't look great, uh, but still seeing the usage you like out of a streamer. Joel so. Farabee looks good with Kevin Hayes, and he's now seeing power play. Yeah, and I think Hayes well. is available in a lot of leagues, too. So there's some decent options on Philly. Again, just not ideal that they're going to be playing on the tail end of a back-to-back on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and then I would say I got a quick hit out in Vancouver with uh, Tanner Pearson on absolute fire right now. Eight points in his last six games. On pace for 226 shots this season. That's over 200. Um, firing the puck at an extreme rate right now. Playing line with one. With Bo Horvat. With uh, Bo Horvat. And, I mean, that's not a line one, though. That's technically line two. In, hey, in Vancouver, every single exactly. day, that's, the, that's that's how they list their it's lines. It's listed as line one. It's, it's but line one. Regardless, he's a guy where you can, um, while, he's, while he's playing hot, um, I mean, hot streaks happen. Just might as well. Josh Levo, I think, is worth mentioning, too. If, Absolutely, If, if yeah. Pearson's not available, I think yeah. Levo's, he's been shooting Shoot the puck quite a bit, guy, too. Shoot first guy, yeah. And um, uh, scoring goals. But, anyways. That was the daily phase. Yeah, yes. worth mentioning very, very quickly. Just a general thing. A uh, lot of back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. So if you need goalie help, just head over to Daily Faceoff. 
com forward slash starting goalies uh check out the backups that are going to be playing on sunday obviously we don't know how it's going to shake out yet some teams like to play the backup jack campbell first. obviously a pretty good option most likely Thatcher. getting the red wings on sunday yeah but i mean if you're desperate if you're not going to be throwing away goals against their save percentage literally uh you know a wooden goalie with the board and the holes in the five hole and four corners is better than nothing so yeah. capo kakanen probably sunday yeah. in, if you're uh, chasing in- wins there's going to be a, most likely be a few options available on the wire yeah yeah jack campbell kakanen brian elliott the yeah. boys, check out dailyfaceoff.com. I'll be confirming all the goalies over there that day. But I'm Brock Segan. This is Dylan D. Berthium to my left. Michael Weaves Bond be across from me. This is the Daily Faceoff podcast brought to you by Oddshark. Thank you so much, as always, gentlemen. And always, thank you very much to the Blue Stones. Uh, and you guys, the listeners, if you guys enjoy what you hear, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to this. Smash the like button. Give us a, give us a review. Tell us how much you like us. Uh, tell us how much you hate that I cut Dylan off and think that he says Marshall Stone or whatever. <laughs> um, or that he thinks Thursday's Tuesday or uh, how Biebs is quieter than all of us. Thursday's kind of like Tuesday. Um, there's got to be something that you don't like, but mostly I'm sure you love it. I'm sure. See you guys next year. Next week. Who do we talk to to get more? Baby, Peace. be my fire. Baby, be my flame Baby, be the softly burning embers Through December into June Cows and Baby, be my conjurer And I hold you dear Baby, be the visions in the night This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 